0: Everybody. It's uh It's Sleep Elite here, Charlie Duke. You guys know the vibes. Uh we just watched Forbidden Door 2. Um Holy shit, Forbidden Door 2023. I mean, seriously, the night ends with the final countdown, and I just Bro, I, I was I, sitting
1: there thinking I needed I needed my boy Brian to win this one match. I love Okada, right? <laughs> but I needed that song to be playing we at the just, end of the night. You know what I needed mean? It to
0: play again, and wow, I mean, just fucking This show, just real quick, we'll get some general thoughts before we kind of run through the whole card, but this show seriously fucking delivered. Um, Oh, this was a
1: super slapper, bud.
0: I got to tell you, I, I got like four or five matches off top of my head that, you know, if we're going like nine out of tens or higher, they're hitting that scale for me. So that's like, what, four and a half out of five? They're hitting that scale for me, and... It, the match quality was fucking. it was seriously something beautiful um there were two matches, and I will say that there were two matches
1: that weren't bad and they weren't worse than the other matches well uh, whatever, but like they were they were where they needed to be in the card, actually maybe three no well, okay, here's why I'm say maybe three maybe because the women's match was a little shorter than I was expecting you know yeah. um other than that though, I mean pretty much everything got time, and the one but like I said, there was a couple matches that they were placed where they were on the card because I think everybody in their heads like, yeah, these are the matches that are getting slightly less time than everything else.
0: Yeah. So, um, if this is your first time checking us out, uh, we are eat, sleep elite. We run a weekly podcast and actually our podcast this week will probably be up within the next 24 hours, wherever time zone you are. Whenever you're listening to this, it might already be up. Um, but where we do, we kind of run through, we we review all of Ring of Honor and the three AEW shows now. And we give our favorites, we talk about the news and stuff, and maybe we'll have some more news on Adam Cole because he did not have a match tonight. And yeah, so let's just jump right into Forbidden Door and we we kick us off with Zero Hour where, you know, they did the New Japan thing where they kind of just, fucking start the match as soon as seven o'clock hits and uh you know it's that, about 20 percent of the arena full and you know we're just kind of think it's always like uh, eh, these are the guys are just throwing out there to you know do whatever I don't expect much i gotta say i thought this opening match was cooking and that is the uh mogul embassy facing off rocky romero chuck taylor trent barretta and el desperado Despy, who um if you've been following us for Bro, a little um, it's I
1: it made me so happy to see Despy had a match on this yep. show. Because we, for everyone that doesn't know, if you're just like tuning in for the first time for a Forbidden Door review, we did an entire... Well, we didn't review every every match week by week because we fall a little bit behind. But we tried to, and we did watch every single match in the Best of the Super Juniors this year. And Despy lit that shit up this year, dude. It so was So much crazy.
0: fun. And it felt good seeing him get this spotlight. Again, I thought Toa Leona, his kind of, you know, wild man gimmick. It works in these multi-man matches. And I got to tell you, it works more than Brian Cage's big man gimmick.
1: You know, Yeah, I agreed. And you know what? Toa sells really well for a big guy. He does. Like, way he really better does. than like even I would say. And not to shit on Brian Cage constantly, but we love to do that on this pod. So, you know, like uh, Brian Cage sells good, but I don't think he sells nearly. Like, imagine if Toa got to run a PWG, bro. If, we see, if Brian Cage can do what he did this last year, then fucking Toa could
0: kill it. I, I'd love to see what he does. Um, something you pointed out to me during this match, uh, Trent Bretta, just super smooth, buttery oh, yeah.
1: smooth. Like, like, yeah, like, like, uh, what does they say? Smooth, like Skippy. Yeah. Like fucking, yeah. like y- this guy, I always talk about this every single match that Trent is in. I always notice Trent. I don't know what, why people don't think he's one of the better wrestlers in AEW, but he really honestly must be because I constantly notice him.
0: Yeah. Um, so Swerve kind of, you know. He gets the big spots here. Beautiful kill shots. Ends up winning with the swerve stomp on, I believe, Rocky to to win this. I believe that was the – it ended up being Rocky taking the pin here, which is the right call. Mogul Embassy. Dude, by the way, we talked about Despy. Despy, when he tagged in, bro, what a pop. Yeah, they cared. And I like this Despy much more than the guy stuck with Lance Archer. And that's nothing against Lance Archer. I just – I enjoy we like Lance Archer it's
1: just it wasn't a good pairing obviously
0: yeah I enjoy this version more um oh if so in case anything comes out of the media scrum let's let's get we like to get this out of the way now we're doing this quite literally forbidden door justice we'll
1: have it on we'll literally okay you know what here's a perfect (laughs) example we're gonna have it on the pod tomorrow because anything that comes out of it and I'm sure there will be because you know they're gonna ask Brian about there's no way they don't have Brian on that and they're gonna ask him about final countdown and all that if they don't have Brian on that by the way I'm, like, personally writing a strongly worded letter to Tony Khan. Like,
0: that's, you know, <laughs> yes, like, that's yes.
1: absurd, you know?
0: So, yeah, anything that happens in that, un- it will not be in this. But, hey, check out our, uh, our Eat Sleep Elite uh, podcast for that. So, up next, we had our second match in the Owen Hart tournament. And, in my opinion, a much better match than uh, the one we had on Collision. And this one was Athena defeating Billy Starks. And, you know, Athena is both of our picks to win this tournament. It's not, not really. Is that fair to say? It's not really a surprise. We've, we've covered the ground of, we believe Athena as of right now is the top wrestler in America. She's having the best run. She's this definitely year.
1: the top women's wrestler in America. So, you know, I, if you're maybe a person that doesn't like put women on the same level, which I, I I don't. I'm not supporting that argument. I just know there are a lot of people out there that look at wrestling that way. You know, um, and so, but for at least for for North American women's wrestling, I, I'll even include because I'm sure there's some tricks in Mexico that are probably pretty good, but. You know, um, or that wrestled in Mexico. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. obviously, you get like a tie of Valkyrie, right? You know, people like that. But you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, Athena in this match looked awesome. Um, do you know what it's fucking so deceptive about? Um, uh, Athena is she looks small, but she is strong for that size. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And her targeting the ribs of Billy here. It's just so evil. Like Charlie, I know, I know you were a football player, right? So I don't know if you ever had any rib injuries or had your ribs just get fucked up on a <sighs> play or
0: anything like that. I mean, I mean,
1: have you, if, if, if you have, to, like, you know, I'm I'm just, just go ahead and answer. Have yeah, you?
0: Definitely taken a shoulder pad to the ribs. Oof. Uh, yeah. And I mean, how hard times. is it to
1: try and practice or move yeah. or anything when you got and any kind of get, rib injury? It just makes you hard to breathe, right? You, like, you always
0: feel like the wind's knocked out to be constantly, so. Um, so that's, like, really
1: just great understanding of how, like, the physical body interacts with pain. Obviously, they're pro wrestlers, but Billy Stark also did a phenomenal job of selling her ribs in this match. 18 years old,
0: valedictorian. She's absolutely incredible. Seriously. If she had
1: won here, I think she gets the graphic, bro. I'm not even kidding, you yeah.
0: know? I, I, for all we know, she might get the graphic in the scrum. I, I, I've got that no would be idea. pretty cool. He
1: does like to do that sometimes, um, so we could see it happen.
0: The big note here, the 47-match winning streak has extended. That's just fucking insane to say out loud. Um, <laughs> and I, again, I'll, I'll say it, Athena, while she did dominate, in the process of dominating, she makes her opponent look good, and that's what, in my opinion, is making her so special, especially this year. So she ends up uh, hitting the slam pile driver for the win. It wasn't uh, terribly, or it wasn't too, too long. Um, yeah. Seven minutes, 50 seconds. So, and yeah, I, I thought again, uh, bearing a, a surprise coming up, and but we have Willow and Athena next. So both champions in this Owen Hart cup, I think we're off to a good start. Um, preferred winners, in my opinion. Like of those two matches is who I'd have win, so yeah. Hopefully, um, we need to see if uh Ruby Soho and Britt Baker can kind of get the momentum back on track like this one did, in my opinion. So that's the Owen Hart Cup. Jump into that a little more next week. But oh yeah, we'll definitely
1: talk about that on the pod. For this sure, is a match a that about.
0: I'm not sure a lot of people going into it are like were terribly excited, but How you and the crowd seem to care. Like but they, you and they I were into this. Like. Yeah, and that is ELP taking on Stu Grayson. We've been talking Dude, about. First of all, ELP got a massive pop. He really fucking. He, did. He's kind of
1: unknown in America. Let's be. I mean, he's wrestled in AEW before and the build up the Forbidden Door before, right? He might even yep. got a match on the show. But like, the point is, for most AEW fans, this guy is like somebody you might know about from Japan, but he got a big pop for a guy. Now I know there was probably a lot of new Japans in this crowd, but I'm just saying, man, it was kind of cool because we've been following and this ELP, seemed more than and he reinvented like- himself after being kicked at a bullet club recently. And yeah. I, we weren't really sure about it on the last couple of new Japan shows. We were like, ah, eh, this is, I mean, I like him, but is it working? And, you know, uh, I think this was the full, fully realized new version of ELP that we got here.
0: Agreed. And this seemed more than just the, you know, he's Canadian. He's wrestling in the home country. Canadian pop no that they cared about him before they they mentioned that and Stu Grayson I we've been loving this this storyline with uh Vincent and Dutch and I'm glad they brought it and it I I got this match fucking kicked ass seriously I thought this was fantastic um
1: I think honestly, Charlie, hear me out. I think this is Stu fully going to the dark side here. I think he's officially gone fully aggressive mode. I think the next time we see him, he'll be in similar gear to the Righteous. I think I think Stu Grayson completely lost it in this match. He was very
0: aggressive against uh, ELP here. He was, and so I'll I'll pick us up kind of. I I got some notes on this one that I want to pick it up from. So pretty much, you know, we're getting some slugs going. It's it's a we're getting the chop exchanges. They're trying to one up each other. ELP eventually goes for the purple Nurple, right? So we'll kind of pick up from here. Um, Grayson, his new character, he he's not fucking with the purple Nurple. This isn't Dark Order, Grayson. That pissed him off. He ends up hitting a slingshot uh, slingshot senton on the apron. ELP then goes for a lion salt which misses. Grayson build outside, got a uh, ELP caught with a tope. Um, he hits a really nice senton off the top back inside to get ELP for two. Grayson fought out of the CR2 into a spinning slam. ELP cut off Grayson into the ropes and hit a super hurricanrana followed by a thunder kiss 86 for the two. Hold
1: on, just let's go back to that for a second. Holy shit, Stu took an awful drop on that one. My he God, he really landed like did. tailbone first. Like yeah, he might have broken tailbone after that. That was brutal.
0: <laughs> so after that two count, Grayson up abducting a thrust kick. He, he uh, planted ELP and connected on a perfect 450 splash for a near fall on his own. Grayson, he's signaling for the nightfall. ELP escapes with a Jody... Like a Jody fleisch esque fucking springboard spinning DDT, he hits the CR two for the victory. ELP picking up this win was yeah. I didn't see
1: Stu losing here with his like like sort of story that he's on right now. I felt like he would win here, but I I like that that make it so that there's some new Japan guys to just come in and they're just better than the guy that they were facing or something along those lines. You know what I mean? Because it makes it feel more competitive. Um, I didn't get the fun. They didn't. I know they were doing a gimmick of oh we're keeping score, but then they kind of stopped. I wish they yeah. had kept it up because I was kind of curious who ended up coming out with more wins. Like, I, I always love to track that kind of stuff. It's silly. It doesn't really matter, but it's fun, you know?
0: It is fun. And, um, yeah, you know, going into the G1, I think it is important to pick up a singles win here. So, I, I maybe this resonates, you know, a little more stock in ELP. We'll have to keep an eye on that. He, he's one of the dark horses right now for the G1. So, keep an eye on that. Up next, we had um, New Japan versus New Japan. With United Empire, which was Kyle Fletcher, Jeff Cobb, and TJP taking on Shingo Takagi, Hiromu Takahashi, and Bougie. He didn't hit the Bushi so automatic F-tier fucking dog shit match. Uh, moving on. No. Uh, <laughs> it was nice to see Hiromu on Forbidden Door. He wanted to be on last year, wasn't able to be. Things just didn't work out. It was nice to see out. Shingo,
1: too. Dude, both of these guys have been on top of New Japan recently, so why yep. not absolutely have them on in at least a small capacity? And like TJP, I think, was another one of those guys that in that Super Genius Tournament... Uh, really, I think they had to get some Super Juniors on this show because they were just so good. That might have been the best Super Juniors tournament in years, honestly, dude.
0: It was so crazy. Like One of the most competitive and put over new stars. We got a lot of big storylines coming out of that. thing that stuck out to me, my God, Kyle Fletcher's got some Will Ospreay in him. He's been taking that teaching to heart. Oh, he also really during this match, we got it confirmed. I know it's probably
1: already been confirmed, but we know now that they are Catch-22 is going to face War Dogs for the titles, by the way, which is awesome.
0: That's going to be sick. Uh, War Dogs being Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors, who are kind of the two new young guns of Bullet Club, if you will. I would say, so, is it
1: arguable to say those were the two breakout stars that were young and kind of unknown at the start of, of Super... I mean, Clark was known, but like, you know... I, Drilla I,
0: Maloney has been making some waves. He fits that Japanese style, so... But um, get, uh, this match, pretty much Takahashi and Bushi, they end up hitting these really sick dueling dives. Uh, TJP avoids Last of the Dragon, but not made in Japan. And that gave Shingo Takagi the pinfall victory over TJP. It's the right call. Let Shingo get the victory here. Um, I think if we get another Forbidden Door, I'd like to see Shingo in a singles match next time. Bro, this is now two trios matches for him.
1: Fucking killed TJ with the t- fucking pumping bomber he hit on him, dude. Oh, You're my God.
0: Uh, yeah, which Jeff, that was the one I believe Jeff Cobb broke the count of. So, yeah, or else that would have totally finished him. Yeah, he was dead.
1: I'm pretty sure TJP Uh, is still dead. I don't think he's coming back. I do want
0: to note 10 out of 10 commentary uh, team here. We had Charlton on the pre-show. He was not on the main show. I was a little surprised by that. But we had Charlton, Kelly, and Excalibur. And I was like, honestly, even what happened later
1: in the show, it made sense to have Taz there, though. You know what I mean? So, you know.
0: So, then we kick off the actual show. And as announced on Collision... You know, MJF made the rounds this week of uh he was on Dynamite Rampage and Collision. And he announced he's gonna be doing the match first. So to no surprise, we open up with MJF taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW World Championship. Uh right away I'm gonna jump to you. What did you what did you think of this match? And you know, uh MJF, yeah. he really stuck to the indie gimmick, but in the end he had some some fun stuff here
1: oh yeah and but it was clear by the the match that he had with uh tanahashi that he obviously does respect japanese wrestling otherwise he wouldn't have had the match that he did you know what i mean like um first of all first thing i noticed uh the crowd was so hot dude they were so ready to cheer for um tanahashi in this case and it's not hard to get cheered against mjf obviously he's like a heat magnet but you know like uh But I honestly feel like it was... Everyone who's felt the energy of the beginning of this show... Tana had a fucking smile on his face the whole time, dude. He was having a blast. And uh, MJF, like I said, he respects Japanese wrestling. He started doing a Cobra twist at one point to be disrespectful... Because he knew that was an Anoki thing. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. even like grabbing the rope and stuff like that. Like... um, and I also loved that I I think I'm correct by the way that there is a little mini feud between MJF and Bryce because Bryce did another thing here that MJF wouldn't have liked when he was Cobra twisting he did not DQ him he just kicked the leg away or kicked the arm away sorry uh, yeah um, so I'm thinking there's a there's a standing thing where he wants MJF to lose this title cleanly so he's not going to DQ him or he's not going to um you know it what I mean like that I, son of a bitch no I I seriously I think <laughs> I think that's what it is um agreed. MJF at one point throughout the match had a scheduled tweet set to go out that said he believed he would already be done and he would have already beaten Tanahashi by now. That was awesome. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of go ace chance and stuff like that. And then MJF, uh, I, I didn't really get a lot of the sequences down because I was just having a fun time watching this match. Um, I don't know if you have any of that stuff, but uh, I do know this, that MJF at one point uh, dug out the diamond ring, used it while Bryce was distracted, and Bryce was like, well, fuck, I must have missed something, and just counted it,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, he gave a he gave a look like, fuck. Like, ah, fuck, I just <laughs> fucked on Ashi, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll count it anyway, gotta get paid, you know? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: But yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed the match. Um, probably not my favorite match on the show by far, but I really no. think it did a good job to set the pace and the tone for the show, so...
0: Yeah, a uh, well well put um Yeah, Tanahashi, you know, he's definitely in his uh he's definitely in the the later end of his career, right? And we've seen it a couple times this week. I mean, his knees they uh they you almost get a little concerned, but at the same time, you're like, "Nah, this is a fucking badass. You know, he's, he's fine. He's fine.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he'll he'll and, he's going to deliver. I mean, he's been wrestling basically injured for like the last six months and been still one of the top guys. In yeah.
0: New Japan. You know what I mean? Like, like. yeah. And one of the sequences uh, that I've really liked here was we're kind of towards the end of the match here where MJF is spitting on and he's trash talking Tanahashi, who then like fires up. He gets poked in the eyes. MJF then like, you know, fuck this crowd. He gets turned into a dragon screw and a Tanahashi clover leaf. MJF ends up getting the ropes. Tanahashi hits the twist and shout and a sling blade. He goes up for the high fly flow, but that's when MJF got those knees up, and then we kind of get into our closing sequence like we talked about. But yeah, overall, I thought it was fine. Um, I mean, unfortunately, MJF's uh, title defenses have been so fucking great that you know this one it, it is on the bottom of that. But I'm not it's not me it's saying not It's not gonna bad be like we're match. gonna look
1: at that match when we're going through yeah. his title reign and be like, oh, that was a bad match. Yeah, like, it'll match be, we'll talk about stinker. it being being the one of the one of the worst one ones. It's not even the right term, one of the lower tiered ones. But yeah. if we're talking about like a tier list, all the other matches are probably A tier so far, maybe even S, you know what I mean? I'm definitely the Brian Danielson matches S, you know what I mean? Um, and probably everything else, or sorry, probably this match maybe goes in C or B tier, but it's not like it's bad. It's just, it's a very much what we all know it could be more, but obviously they, they didn't want to, they didn't want I mean, it would have had to have happened like 10 years earlier or something, you know,
0: like, yeah. And itanashi versus MJF. Um, you know what? He's got this. It's another staple in his fucking, this incredible title reign that, you know, I, I really, we're getting some fucking really good title reigns in AEW. Also getting some complete dog shit ones, but, you know, that's for another day.
1: Wardlow. Um,
0: (laughs) Up next, excuse me, we had the uh, men's Owen Hart tournament match where we had CM Punk take on Satoshi Kojima. The commentary I thought here did a really good job putting over kind of Kojima's uh, accomplishments. We've seen him in AW before. I believe it was last year he had the pay per view match against Moscow. dude,
1: I didn't know he held both fucking Japan World titles at the same Neither time. Neither did I. And that's insane. The triple crown and the IWGP, dude, that's nuts.
0: That's fucking incredible. And oh my god, are you kidding me with this match? These guys beat the piss out of each other. Um we can't uh again, we, so we, CM we, Punk's yeah, go
1: back to the entrance. We, got us. CM we gotta CM Punk's talk
0: about it. entrance. So So on, on collision there, there was a beautiful line from Kevin Kelly that he pretty much, you know, it was the, we're not in Kansas anymore, but he just simply said, they let the reaction roll in for about 20 seconds. I was 15 seconds and he just goes, we're not in Chicago anymore. Holy shit. Did that ring true tonight? Mm -hmm. Whoa. This, I think this was even louder the other way. Um, some people in the arena, you know, you got some saying, ah, oh, no, it's 50-50, but others are like, ah, oh, it's 80-20. It doesn't matter. This reaction is yeah. At the insane. end of the day, it's
1: the appearance that matters, and if you yes. watch the videos back, he's getting food out of the building, you know?
0: My God. I mean, the potential here for what could happen if if he does come together with Kenny. I mean, we're talking, the fucking reactions to this could be insane, because what's happening is, he's getting this reaction, and dude... It's staying the entire fucking match.
1: Mm hmm. It's changing. I, dude, I, and it's something I wrote in my notes. I think they, um, uh, they planned to just let the crowd kind of dictate how this match was going to go because they could have had a match. Because I think in your head, probably going into this match, I don't know what Kojima is like, whether he's heel or face over in, I think he's in All Japan right now. I mean, he said he's going to um, kill
0: CM Punk.
1: Yeah. I mean, if he's saying stuff like that, yeah. so I think if he was positioned as the heel, I think CM Punk's usually positioned as a baby. They, they even still tried to act like he was a little bit of a baby face on the way out. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. cause they weren't going to just lean into it just yet. They need to make that decision backstage creatively instead of just on the fly on a show. You know what I mean? And, and during um, the match,
0: you got CM Punk kind of really leaning into it. That's
1: what and, I mean. Like, I think he, yeah. I think he leaned heel because he knew it was going to be an uphill battle if he tried to be a baby face. Um, so, and Kojima is obviously a really talented, like legendary wrestler. So, you know, like, obviously he can, he can flip on a dime. You know what I mean? I'm yes. sure. So, um, yeah,
0: this, yeah. Y- you don't want to do the fucking, the Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes thing where they're just rejecting the fucking crowd turning on him. And we got a perfect example coming up of them capitalizing on someone that the crowd turned on him, you know, weeks ago and now they're heel. So, um, I, I got to say this match, dude. God, welcome back to fucking Singles Wrestling CM Punk. Oh, yeah. We, we've we been getting taste of it in these main events, specifically with Jay White and Samoa Joe the first time. But, dude,
1: I think this is the best shit. he's been since the MJF match, which arguably, I mean, obviously comes out of and, that, long after that. What's crazy injured, about you
0: know? this? It, that's This is a completely different style match than the oh, match.
1: Yeah. Oh, big time, you know?
0: I, I think CM Punk's going to win some people over with this kind of match. This was straight out of Japan. Like, like genuinely, this was straight out of Japan. I don't know oh, what yeah. more to say. This this was something we would see if we fucking flipped on some fucking Japan in the 90s. You know
1: Literally, no, I mean? this felt like... Um, and it, I think it's because... Um, uh, Co- so, Kojima is trained by a lot of really cool people. But um, I think he had, like, a lot of influence from, like, the all-Japan... I mean, he obviously won the Triple, uh, triple Crown. So, he was obviously very yeah. involved in... Um, all Japan, but um, you would think he would have a decent relationship with the four pillars, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and probably at least knew them, you know what I mean? Even if they weren't friends, uh, but he was trained by the hearts, which made this match even cooler. Which I didn't know, he did two months at the heart dungeon, which is fucking sick, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, so our
0: finish here, whereas uh, Kojima he he goes for his lariat, he ends up missing it. Punk gets a really clean high kick into the GTS one, two, three, and yeah, uh god the punk fucking. has
1: no balls uh and i'm not saying that to be like oh he's a pussy he literally i don't think i i mean pretty sure they got uh exploded right when in the bean. Yeah. what an elbow
0: drop like is that one of the best elbow drops in the business
1: oh it's gotta be i mean they 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 referenced it like it was one of the best like when he went to set up for it and i mean i think the only one that's even on par with it is probably like maybe the mic drop maybe jay lethals and maybe cm punk see what i mean like yeah i don't know those are all pretty good you know like uh sean michaels had a pretty decent one too
0: but it's just that that elbow drop feels like there's so much power um if you hit
1: it right and you hit it like, flush, like uh, the one that punk hit like flush against the jaw too that one looked really clean too like if if you know how to do it that move can be a really great move uh to set up for a finisher you know
0: yeah and one of the better things of him uh healing it up was uh a little bit of hulk hogan there that he did <laughs>
1: Oh, and actually, I correct myself here. Yeah, he literally had the lariat from Stan Hansen. Past that's like an all Japan legend, dude. Like uh, a Japanese wrestling legend, a wrestling legend. Yeah, some people say Stan Hansen is their goat. I don't know if I can go that far, but he's pretty good.
0: But still, but still, yeah. I
1: mean, definitely the best brawler of all time.
0: Really fun match, and very, very glad that uh, we're back to some uh, single CM Punk to see the fucking least. Um, But yeah, so moving on from that, I'm I'm already, I got to say
1: though, he's got to keep doing this or he's going to get turned on fast.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I...
1: if, if he has one, just like below average match, even on a collision, people are going to flip so fast and be like, Nope. And people don't think that's true. Pro wrestling fans are as fickle as the day is long. And so you will never have me convinced that even this guy they wanted back for seven years they actually care about, given how they've reacted to him since he's been back, you know? Oh, do I know yeah, it's I'm, all elite wrestling, yep. but the elite aren't everything, and not everybody that watches AEW likes the elite.
0: And I, I'm just – I think he's going to get this reaction everywhere outside of Chicago. I mean, they're in Canada all month, so he's going to have ground to play with. And, you know, we haven't had a chance to talk about this, but CM Punk – I think he might get cheered in Calgary because of Brett, you know what I mean? He could. But um, are they are they going to Calgary? I don't CM know. Punk advancing in the fucking uh, in the. I mean, it makes sense. Like Cup. he's got
1: to do something, even if um, he's not going to win the finals, he should probably be in it, right?
0: Yeah. Uh Jesus, this is him versus
1: Ricky. Come on,
0: this is going to be very important. I, him, him, Ricky, him, Juice, or him, Powerhouse. It's going to be one of them, right? I,
1: <sighs> I would like to point out that if you do you remember. Ricky and powerhouse Hobbs who were part of team Taz were two of the guys that punk called out instantly.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we'll, do, we'll, uh, we'll be jumping into some, a lot of Owen heart cup tomorrow because we haven't really had a chance to discuss it on the pod. So, uh, ch- uh if you guys are interested in that, check out that, but okay. The international title match. <laughs> oh my fucking God. This is a uh, back to back matches here. These are two of the ones that I was like, yeah, that's a nine out of 10 or above. Um, we had orange Cassidy defend his international title against ROH peer champion, Katsuyori Shibata, New Japan TV champion, Zack Sabre Jr., and the greatest sports entertainer of all time, Dano Garcia. Um, Orange Cassidy ends up winning this match. but uh,
1: Shockingly, honestly. like There was a stat that was said during the middle of this match was that this would have tied him for the most title defenses with Jade.
0: Yep, they're not Bro, tied think- at 25.
1: I think he's breaking it, bro. There's no way you get him that close and then have him stay tied.
0: Yeah, if 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 it wasn't Daniel Garcia winning this title here, I I think I'm with you. Um,
1: I think Average Cassidy is genuinely going to be the greatest champion in the history of AEW, which I would like to point out. I said he'd be a great champion like a year ago before he ever won, not even probably like a year and a half ago now, well before he ever won the title and was even in contention. And then he shock won it, and this has been the greatest title reign, honestly. AEW has probably ever had. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, so. Um, that being said, I gotta tell you, Shibata in this kind of role, it was fucking incredible. He works so well in these like just multi man, you know, shit hits the fan matches. Him and Zack Sabre Jr.'s exchanges, dude, I was getting so into. (laughs) I was so into this shit. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. Fucking hell, man! I'm so glad this guy's in the G one. I cannot wait to watch him. And there was a moment when Daniel Garcia was just doing his dances, and he kept getting like chopped out of it, and then he'd do it again, and then he would get chopped out of it, and he'd do it again. Um,
1: Dude, that's what I keep saying. People seem like they were having so much fucking fun on this pay per view. Everybody, really did. do you know what I mean? Dude, there was, oh my god, well, not to jump super ahead, but there was a moment in the the Suzuki Gods match that was also like that, where it was just like, they're having so much fun, it's awesome! I wish I was, I like, I was having like, a feeling of like, god, I wanna, I wanna like, I wanna participate, this looks so awesome, it was like, even though I can't wrestle, it'd be like, shit,
0: yeah. Um, any of any other notes you had on this one, um, with Orange Cassidy? I got, I got a, break? I got a
1: boat full of notes. Yeah, uh, hit Cassidy hitting the devastating kicks instantly being like, now fuck all of you. I hate all of your guts. Um, <laughs> there was a heavy round kick from Garcia that hit Shibata and just fucking leveled him. Um, I think he's picking those kicks up from Danielson, by the way. I don't even know if he taught him them, but he definitely knows how to throw them. Um, like you said, the dancing was funny as fuck. There was a spot where they all quad, uh, booted each other in the head. That was pretty fucking sick. Yes. Um, and I wrote in my notes that Cassidy is genuinely one of the best wrestlers in the world. I don't care what he says on post-media scrums. He is. I don't care if he believes it. I believe it because it's true. Um, it's damn true. Anyway, um, and <laughs> Cassidy and Shibata standing off against each other in the ring, both drop down to their, you know, cross legs and start exchanging open hand strikes to the face. And it just goes and it goes. And it goes and they're killing each other charlie
0: fucking and eight. then that series of counters from Shibata Shibata and Zach. this role this was <sighs> this I, I just didn't expect it I, I i don't know why he's just we haven't seen him ever do anything like this it was like a four-man it, scramble match i've just never seen it.
1: it it you know what and it's because like japan doesn't generally do these kinds of matches except for like they're just gonna be like the 14th match on a fucking card you know like yeah um for a random title that isn't really that not heavy of contention or something you know what i mean like um and you know so the, these guys have never had these opportunities to have these kinds of matches probably you know they maybe have wanted to but this is not the style of wrestling japan usually goes for you know yeah but it was a new japan match with four people in it three of which are <laughs> arguably i mean Zack saber jr is obviously very new japan like but he wrestles a lot more like somebody like Brian Danielson or Nigel McGuinness or something like that. You know what I mean? So like, um, just like, uh, this makes me want to see. And then we got a little hint at it at the end. We're probably going to get Cassidy versus Shibata too. At some point, probably going to get Cassidy versus Garcia too. At some point, I'm probably also going to get finally the match I've been wanting for months, which is Zach Sabre jr. Versus orange Cassidy for Zach's title. I think,
0: How many times can he defend this title? And it just... It's incredible.
1: All of them. All of... No, until they take the title off of him, he's not dropping a single... It doesn't make sense.
0: I genuinely think, since the Butcher match, every title defense has been like the definition of a thumbs up it's been it's been 4 stars or higher it's been 8 I out of 10 I think he's or been higher. my
1: favorite match like 45 out of 50 weeks
0: or some shit like that it's crazy like it's he is on such a roll right now that i just i just don't know how he won't upset and yet this match is nothing. he'll find a
1: way we keep saying that every single match
0: yeah and even these now we're in back to back you know quote unquote like gimmick matches of a four way and then the twenty one twenty one 21 way if you will yeah, I, and you tell me about that match. If I you just told me that match was going to
1: open up double or nothing and be one of the better matches on the show, I would have been like a fucking battle royal.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's not ha- not happening. Um,
1: and it was genuinely great. Like, uh Cassidy is just built fucking different, man.
0: Built different. So let's take us into our next match here. Match nine on the night. Uh, match eight on the night. Um, we had a singles match for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Where we had Sonata with Doki. Fucking Doki, man. Let's go. The Doki Joki. Jungle Boy Jack Perry via pinfall. And, you know, I got to say this again. Sonata makes that, that, this belt, I, I like this belt when it's on Sonata. He pulls off the butterfly. He makes it look fucking legit. Why is that? How is that? How does he do this?
1: It's- he genuinely does look great with that championship. I actually think that um, that Jay actually looked good with it too. But I get I, I get what you
0: mean. Yeah, it's just something something different when Sonata's holding it. I don't know. It's really it. it I like it. Um, so yeah, like we said, uh, Taz was on the call again for this, and we you know we get into that in a second. But uh, Red Shoes was calling this match. I was hoping, bro. We got a We Love Red Shoes chant. That was sick. We love Red Shoes, and you know because we do love Red Shoes. Sonata and Jack Perry, I gotta tell you, they were doing that thing. They really were,
1: bro. Jack Perry getting tied up in the paradise lock—that yep. looked unthought. <laughs> that did not, did not look fun to be a part. I
0: like that they prepped it as, "Oh no, you don't want to get locked. To that it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing." Twenty seconds later, locked in it. Ah, oh, jeez. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, Jack. <laughs> oh that got a big ovation. Um, so Okada, uh or Sonata breaks it up. You know, fucking doing his double kick to the back there, and then. He uh, once free, Jack's he's trying to do a strike exchange. He's ended up hitting a vicious, really nice chop. Perry then leveled Sonata with a lariat, a tiger driver for two. Sonata hits a, a neck breaker into a double down, and then uh they they're trading strikes. Perry's trying a crucifix. Sonata's getting a fireman's carry, which ends up getting countered by Perry into a skull end. Sonata got the rope break, caught a charging Perry with a TKO for the two, and then you know we're kind of breaking out again. Sonata missed his moonsault, lands on his feet, got the skull end, which was kind of the story of this because they, they Perry, he won on, I believe, Rampage with that. What did he, it was, uh, yeah, against Doki. He won using Sonata's finisher. So that's kind of been the story is, you know, Sonata was like, uh, who is this guy? But Perry's been doing his homework. And they, you know, they're like, ah oh, this millennial, he's probably watching the matches on his phone. But the reality <laughs> is, that's how a lot of these guys are doing it. You know, Robert Martyr, he who's give him two years and everyone will fucking he'll be doing something big in this business. All this guy does every time he goes out to eat, he's studying tape. He's studying wrestling tape. And I believe Jack Perry is that kind of wrestler. And I don't think they said that as a joke. I feel like someone I don't know who said it. It might have been Excalibur, Kevin Kelly. One of them probably saw him legit watching a Sonata match on his phone. And they're like, huh, Interesting. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely seems like the kind of thing that uh Jack Perry would absolutely do. Yeah.
0: So pretty much we get towards the end of the match here, and yeah, uh Sonata hit his moonsault finally, and he ends up getting a three count, which was pretty unexpected at the moment. Um I, I even I kind of thought like, oh shit, whoa, it just ended like that?
1: And well, yeah, I think the result, I think would have been expected. I don't think I yes. thought Jack was winning no, the no, no, IWGP no. title. It was how quickly the match was over, but what ended up happening after made a lot more sense for that given, because I honestly, the angle they went with this is not the angle I would have thought going in, but it, it actually, you know, it does
0: make sense. It's just, um, what, well, let's get into it. Cause it's a yeah, really so, shocking. So moment. post-match we got hook. He's helping up Jack Perry up the ramp. He's holding, he's holding Jack's hand who then fucking clocks him with a lariat. Has you know, he dropped a fucking line up, I believe. He, he said, you gotta be shitting me. He he dropped shit, which, you know, uh, kind of caught me off guard. Um, He's fucking furious on commentary. Perry's kind of dropping to his knees, soaking in the booze. He's mocking the crowd, waving his hands. You know, he ends up holding the FTW title, kind of throwing it back at Hook. And then he stopped at the top of the ramp and went to the heel side towards the back. And heel Jack Perry has begun. Hey, this is uh this is jungle asshole. This ain't jungle boy anymore.
1: Nah, this is when he becomes the king of the jungle. The
0: king of the jungle. Um I don't know if this was real or fake, but Dan Hallison pretty much said, you know, hey, I wouldn't treat I wouldn't treat you like that hook as a friend. And then <laughs> Jack. Response something along the lines of "Bro, are what?
1: we are we getting are we gonna get Hookhausen versus Reunited Luchasaurus and Jack Perry as heels?
0: <laughs> Give me what I want. I don't even know if I want that. No, we need Jack as a single. No, player. I kind
1: I kind of need them breaking up to stay canon. To be honest, it feels more it feels more apt that even like maybe they even approach him like, hey, I see you've changed your way of thinking. You
0: want to rejoin us? And he's like, fuck you, Christian. Fuck you, Christian, son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, Jack. Again, I thought he looked good in this match." Jack's only 26. We we he's so young still, and he's getting all this experience. And you know, hey, you know what the problem is though? He's gonna have to cut a promo to explain this. And you know what? Maybe he'll fucking crush it, right? Maybe he'll uh, he'll realize what he can yeah. do. Um, maybe he'll realize how important they are when he realizes he's not getting heat, you know, because he's not cutting promos. Yeah. So they were they were starting to turn on Jack, and I believe they made the right call and turned him heel here. Any of the thoughts you had on that before we uh, jump into our next match? Yeah, no, I
1: was I just didn't I honestly had no idea this was gonna happen. I didn't see it coming. I mean, uh, he's been building up toward a sort of, you could have turned him heel multiple times throughout the stuff that was going on with Christian, but they just didn't go that way. So I thought you know we were sticking with babyface uh, Jack Perry, but clearly because of the fact that he doesn't get on TV nearly as much as a guy that's that important to the company, you would think given he was just a main event in one of the last pay per views, you know, like yeah. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, I actually completely lost my train of thought, uh, but you know, it is what it is. Um,
0: yeah. Jack and hook. I mean, I, I were we kind of thinking that there, maybe we'll set that up for a next, uh, yeah, I'm thinking shortly? that,
1: I mean, he, held he held the FTW title. They're going to have a match for that. Um, where yeah. that goes from there. Not sure. Um, he'll probably, I mean, who would you want to see him tag with if he does face Hookhausen?
0: Hmm. Give me, can be fucking like I don't know. We gotta get Swerve.
1: In. Maybe I mean Swerve technically yeah, has the mobile embassy, Swerve. but Swerve also wrestles a lot of random like fifth guy in a tag team match map. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it, it could do that. You know. I don't know. I'm sure there's somebody they could team up with. I would actually really like for him to work with Swerve like that. That'd be pretty. I think that'd be great for his career. You know? Yeah. Um.
0: Maybe even uh. What's what's Fletchy gonna be doing? Okay. Yeah, Fletch. We'll yeah, see. We'll I see. can see it. Um, okay, our next match. We had the 10-man tag, which uh, we had Hangman Adam Page, The Young Bucks, Eddie Kingston, Tomohiro Ishii, defeating John Moxley, Claudio wheel Wheelie to the Blackpool Combat Club, Konosuke Takeshita, and Shota Umino. Holy shit. Um, Hard-hitting strikes this match fucking massive high velocity high impact moves eddie kingston taking bullets for john moxley in the midst of fucking battle in the midst of war um I, I, I this was just fucking awesome i mean we knew it would be with these 10 guys in it blackpool combat club or anything they're doing is fucking gold I I believe I messaged you during this match I said Kadosuke Takesha is just a wrestling god.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you did that. What, what was it? So... What, what did he just done? I forget. Oh, he two German suplex two people at the same time.
0: Every single time Takeshita was doing something I was just like it's like what we we're saying with Trent. It's just so effortless. It's so beautiful. Give um, be me that match. That would be a fun little match. Um but no, here the stories here. I thought Eddie Kingston and John Moxley they're, we have to get that again. They're, they're offs here, they teasing it. They didn't want to do it. Eddie didn't want to fight him. He ended up taking the bullet at the end. But he just fucking hates Claudio so much he can't believe his his friend. Yeah, and
1: after he took the bullet, Mox still still obliterated him. So he's yeah. they're, they're totally set. They got they got to pay that off in some way. Yeah.
0: He just. He uh, but I think he's probably going to face Claudio would, again
1: 1st though, probably right. Team or up maybe with not with that
0: son of a bitch. You know. Oh, so it's like, just like who, who, who would you tag Eddie with against those two? Like, come on. I'm taking hero at this point. I mean, I, I don't know what... Speaking of
1: speaking of Ishii, by the way, fucking, I want to see him risk Takeshita, please. Thank you. Yes. I mean,
0: wow. How, how fucking... I mean, we talk about the size of Takeshita quite often, but when he's next he to Ishii... He made Ishii look small. He genuinely looked small. It reminded me of when Tommaso Ciampa stepped in the ring with Sheamus, and I was like, what the fuck? Because Ciampa's not a small guy. Yet, against Sheamus, he did. And Ishii's not a small guy. But against the I was like, whoa. Um Yeah, you name it. Wheeler, you know, the young line whipping boy yet again. <laughs> young Bucks did their thing. Um Shota Shoda got his shit in. I, I just thought everyone everyone got their shit. You know what? Not to
1: shit on the Young Bucks at all. I really did not notice them much in this match. They were kind of they were there, but yeah. I don't they, think, they were
0: not the main focal points. Probably, it, was, it was I, I think Hangman of, of the
1: elite people was the one that I got the most of all that because he was on fire in this match. He's been on fire lately, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, but not to not to say the Bucks weren't there. They just I don't think they they didn't get nearly as many spots until like the bum rush of just super kicks and nonsense at the end. You know like, exactly.
0: Yeah, it, the main thing that they it was just Matt kind of putting over to Kester really was was his main spot, and then Nick doing his thing, but. Um, I like the the little that Claudio doing the giant swing and Yuta hitting the drop kick mid move, just like Tyson Kidd used to do. That was a nice little touch because that was one of the first tag teams. I Actually, uh, yeah, they've done that a couple times, but they haven't really made it like a finishing move for them. They should. That should that yeah. should win a match for them at some point. It was a nice touch. It was a nice touch, and yeah, I mean, all in all, the match ends with a uh, Abushi uh, or or Ishi hitting the brainbuster. Uh, getting the pin on Yuta, so the uh, baby faces win this. Which I thought was a nice touch. Letting yeah, them. It should have
1: been a Bushi, I know.
0: Letting the New Japan guy uh, pick up the victory here. Um, I thought that was a nice touch.
1: I felt that come through there.
0: <laughs> and yeah, it. Um, I, don't, I I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. I, we got separate stories still. Um, you know, blood and guts is going to be at. Uh, I believe it's july 19th at uh the Mat- td garden if that's still what it's called in boston it's something we'll we got the news of so the, the
1: nice thing is that you can resolve eddie versus claudio um at death before dishonor uh you can yes. easily do that um so that they don't have to have that story anymore you can then run moxley versus uh uh eddie on some dynamite probably you don't even need to do that on a pay-per-view you know um because it's big, but it might be better to put that on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. because just on a, I don't know. I don't know if Mox is gonna be on collision, but you know, maybe he could be. I don't know. Um yeah. So I I I think there's a lot of angles you could take, but I think I think what we've been building towards is for blood and guts is still the same. I think that's probably when we're actually going to get Coda, unfortunately. They're probably not gonna see him a lot until like it maybe at all until yeah, who knows he'll be, be
0: in be Canada all? at all
1: true so right so who knows right um but definitely interested to see where the blackpool combat club and the elite go after another just insane match
0: so up next we had tony storm versus Willow nightingale for the AEW women's championship um so so here kind of the story was it was it's a very similar routine that we've seen with the outcasts where they kind of just you know they three on one you though. They're they three on one you most of the time. You're at like a super Ayo? disadvantage. And eventually they get thrown out, and Willow, you know in Willow's case, she's able to hit the pounce, which is always a good reaction to the crowd. But it all ends the same. Snap DDT, sweet cheek music. Another snap DDT. But this time, Willow kicked out. Holy shit. She's hulking up. She drops Storm with a spine buster. She's locking in a figure four. Storm escapes. She wants sweet cheek music again. But Willow fucking cracked it with a pounce onto the floor. Uh, Willow throws her inside. Hits a series of corner lariats. Um, Tony ends up pulling the ref in front of her. She gets the eye rake. Storm Zero steals the victory. And yeah, I mean, this wasn't anything special, right? I mean, that's why I said the formula. I, I mean, it just, you know what this match is. If you didn't watch this match, and I told you that, you know exactly what 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 just happened it was it was the the outcast formula where the only match we've gotten away from that formula was tony's most recent against sky blue which that's why i think that one stuck out a little bit more than this one did um but that that being said willow's awesome i I, that might be a
1: byproduct of the fact that even though these two could have had like a banger obviously you know like they didn't get the time on this show which you can't do anything about that if they don't give you the time you know
0: yeah um just slightly over 10 minutes and yeah i mean it uh yeah they did mention
1: and we have said before you can have a fantastic match in 10 minutes but this isn't the kind of match you have with these two no you because if, have, if for
0: four of the minutes we're doing bullshit shenanigans with the outcasts it ends up being fucking you yeah, know yeah we're like
1: six minutes of actually good wrestling yeah, we're which we're relying six on, minutes was good yeah. it was good It was fine. But it wasn't the match these two will probably end up having on like a rampage or something, you know, like. And
0: fucking now we got to look forward to they mentioned this on commentary. This kind of broke in the news cycle a little bit earlier today. Julia of Stardom has called out Willow for the New Japan Strong Women's Championship. And they made sure to mention that. Is that going to be in America? I don't know. There's been a lot of rumors lately about Julia in America, whether it's going to NXT or going to AEW. So,
1: I again, if they could acquire Julia with all the women's talent they've added in the last like year and a half, the AEW women's division could genuinely be the best in the world.
0: She is very, very good at making other wrestlers look good. And that's, God, is that what we need more than ever sometimes in AEW? So, it would... I mean, it'd be a nice welcome surprise if the match happens in AW. I'm down. It might happen at and Hall at July 4th or 5th. I, I don't know if Willow's booked for that show yet. I'm just glad to see Willow get in the spotlight too. I mean, it is awesome. All right,
1: we're 47 minutes into this podcast. Lock in, everybody, because the next three well of the next three matches, two of them are probably going to combine, take up an hour of time <laughs> to talk about. So, I'm not even kidding.
0: Like, and this next match is almost 40 minutes long, and that is. We'd now jump into the IWGP United States title match, where Will Osprey has defeated Kenny Omega to win the championship. We going into this match, everyone was kind of secretly hoping for Will Osprey to win this match, you know, because we want the third. We're greedy fucking bastards. We want this third fucking match, and we're gonna get it. I genuinely. Let me just. I'll, I'll. We'll do a couple opening thoughts each on this match. I got to tell you, going into it, my favorite match of the year. It's. There's been two. It was Danielson MJF the Iron Man match at it was Revolution and Kenny Omega Will Osprey for the IWGP United States Championship at Wrestle Kingdom. You can pick the order. It. It. It probably if. The one I think about more often is probably the uh, Wrestle Kingdom match. So that was my favorite match of the year so far. I I I think this fucking topped it. I don't know how. I'm I'm still sitting here, like thinking, how? Everyone, I mean, there's moments in this match when I fucking I would have I would have bet money that the match was going to end. It fucking didn't. Will Osprey won this match. He won the match. Don Callis didn't win this match. And my God, I thought I would have bet over and over that Don Callis, the way this match was going at a certain point, especially after the fucking screwdriver, I'm like, oh, Don Callis is going to give him the victory. It will get to. No, I think
1: that was the moment that I bit the hardest was yep. the screwdriver. And then what, what else did he do after that? I the, forget. He did two he moments screwdriver I said, I the screwdriver thing there. and then he hit. Did he hit the uh, Stormbreaker right after or something? Like he did he, something he did right that? after he hit that.
0: He gets the, he gets the, the Kenny Omega kick out. And then he hits the one way angel for the one count, which results. That was a crazy. One dude, the, cra- the crowd went nuts for that. What a fucking pop! But the other thing I bit on the most was in the Danielson match where he was like, he almost worked. He he's kind of working Okada that he hurt himself on a fucking uh, tombstone. It,
1: oh yeah, no that brilliant. that one, that, dude. He's getting so good at that. and It scares me every time. But it's he knows and he can play into it. It's good. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So, um, give give me some of your thoughts, and then we'll uh we'll go over some of the absolutely. Here. First
1: off old gimmicks new japan music which was the aerial assassin versus the Kena.
0: they called him the aerial assassin good note
1: and they also called uh kenny the best bout machine uh which i haven't called him that in years you know what i mean um, not that he's not still that but they you know it's been like don Callis has been the only person calling him that for a while because it's just it's not his gimmick in AEW. you know what i mean yeah um and uh just uh, the opening sequence shot out of a gun man don Callis was almost immediately ejected for grabbing at uh, kenny omega's leg when he was trying to go for a uh <laughs> what is it, what is it they call? They have a name for that dive he does, right? It's just, it's just like a topic. I just always you know, think of it like, as
0: like his Terminator fucking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the Terminator thing. Cause he does the Terminator clap or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, but which is cool, but you know, whatever it's, it's, it's just a topic on Hilo or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, anyway, uh, but it's still a great move. He makes it look awesome, so I don't. I'm not complaining. Um, they hit an os cutter on the apron. Osprey just repeatedly shoving Kenny Omega's head into the announce table out of revenge for him getting his head literally beaten in like by Kenny Omega's fist. You know, some of the like, craziest
0: fucking head slams I've seen into that table.
1: And then Kenny Omega returning the favor on the edge of the steel steps. Oh my god! And the steel steps with the blood dripping down the side is one of the most metal fucking images I've ever seen from wrestling. Literally. Um and kenny uh sorry both of them were at one point just covered in blood after the ddt on the steps we had some koata kicks we had snap dragons uh, at one point osprey went up to the top rope and had a sky twister press to the outside and i think it was osprey hit the tiger driver 91 which i think a lot of people think of as a really dangerous move <laughs> you know like yeah. i mean pretty much every tiger driver is pretty much like it's you could die on like all of those moves that involve like slamming your head into the mat right but like you know like I don't know. It just looked like Kenny almost actually died on this move, um, and just an absurd pace, an absolutely brutal match. And Charlie, give me your thoughts because this match, it's it's definitely <sighs> might be my New Japan match. Like sorry, New Japan. Well, no, yeah, it counts as a New Japan match even though it's on Forbidden Door. A New Japan match of the year because you know it's for New yeah, Japan. Yeah, it titles. counts as
0: both. Um, correct. I I I can't. The Tiger Driver. That's I right. I be. could have
1: this as my match of the year. Holy shit. Yep.
0: <laughs> yep. uh, and the Tiger Driver 91. Holy fuck. That was nuts. Um, Yeah, I just. Some guys, when they're in the ring together, it is just magic. And we've seen this before with Kenny Omega and Okada. I just, you know, you just don't think you can replicate that again with another wrestler. And Kenny is doing it with Will Ospreay. I mean, we're two for two. This is going to break the scale. You know, depending on how much the scale, you know, matters to to wrestling lineage, but it, this match, we're going to get a third one this year. It might be a it might technically be next year at Wrestle Kingdom or it could be this year at All In. I mean, I just I can't fucking believe it. How great that this match was. Um yeah, we can we can go through some of this stuff. The Shawn Michaels Canada in 97 kind of impression that he did with the fucking flag, sticking it in his nose, rubbing it between his sack, you name it. But the storytelling that these guys had together and the story that they told this time, okay, it, it, Will Ospreay was the sick fuck. He was the one that was fucking laying the, laying the boom, if you will. And as we talked about, the one-winged angel where... Kenny fucking kicks out at one. It was just an absolute monster of a reaction. And uh, I am so glad Osprey won this match on his own. Because, by the way, I love,
1: I love, I love him getting, I love him using that Tiger driver because it was, was it Kevin Kelly? Somebody was like, he stole that, he took that move from another man that wears green.
0: Yeah, Bro, Masawa, I love right?
1: Misawa so much. He's so goddamn good. And, you know and what I mean? for like, what it's
0: worth, th- he is tied with Misawa right now for the uh
1: for the most, yeah, the most, most know, five-star, five-star matches. matches of all time. He's yeah.
0: going to break it with this match hitting that. Yeah, this match. match and he fucking had a like, like that's, that's 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 got to... like <laughs> I I again, it's all one man's opinion, but well, at the end of the day, mirrors
1: away, that is a fucking love letter to all Japan pro wrestling right there, that he yes. respected him enough to use his move in the match where he's going to probably break it. You know,
0: I just fucking will Osprey. He, he has these moments where he was the aerial assassin. You know, you can go to his moonsault off where Kenny was fucking, you know, kind of teared up on the, uh, on the, on the ropes there where he hits that moonsault on Kenny's back. He can still do all his aerial assassin shit. But then he can he can do this shit, this fucking Japanese strong style shit, where he uh, that bro Kenny when
1: Kenny walks into an arena as the cleaner, I swear he's a completely different person. This is so different than what he does every time we see him on AEW, and it's what I love about Kenny so much Is he's got the ability to flip that switch and become that fucking bastard from Japan. You know what I mean?
0: I saw, um, I've, I saw some incredible takes on the timeline after this match. And you know when wrestling's great, I mean other than my Packers, there is when wrestling's great, there's nothing I love more than than watching it succeed and just watching it. And I just oh my god, dude. I can't put into words how much I love this. Um but that being said, dude, Will Osprey won this fucking thing. It's oh, he it's one to one. Do you, do you think we're getting the third No, we all have in? to go
1: all out, bro. The story writes itself. If, unless for some reason you can't get Will on that show for some reason, which I don't know he, why he that would be. You got
0: to. It's got to be the main event, too. Will and fucking to 3 be. And then you you do Punk and fucking MJF. And you those are your fucking two matches, man. And you could even, fuck, we'll get into Danielson in a second, but you could run that match back, too. I mean. You know
1: what match I would throw for Danielson on that show? If you can get it, throw Zack Sabre on that, that show. That'd be
0: the Sabre match, yeah. UK guy, so Will Osprey is now a two-time um, United States champion, and you know better get Great O'Con on that on that, on that show as well. Champion of the British, champion of the fucking British. But um, yeah, I I seriously, I uh, oh I was gonna say one of the takes I saw from someone who's often talks, you know, he's often referenced in our news, and is Sean Ross Sapp. He was saying, I got to I could reevaluate my favorite matches because this one just hit different for me. And I think that's going to be like that for a lot of people. You know, we talk about that New Japan kind of style of a match where you know, a lot of people that would just watch AEW, you, you get glimpses of it on pay-per-views. Absolutely. You, you n- not even glimpses, you get matches of it on pay-per-views. But there's going to be a lot of people that they don't really kind of, you know, they don't get the eight-minute feeling out process, even though it, it's... Much different when these two do it and when Okada and Danielson do it to other some other people. I'll say David Finley and, uh, you know, I've already forgetting his name. I've, I've blanked it out of my mind. Gorillas of Destiny guy. Guy that looks like Roman Reigns. Fuck, I'm already forgetting. But, you know, those guys, they'll do their feeling out process and you're like, man, this shit's fucking. You're checking the time. You want to look at your phone. Nah. Not during this. I think match. That was the
1: only match from that show that I was just like, mm.
0: not this match. And yeah, they got they went the forty minutes. Absolutely beautiful. We'll move on to the next. Because I'm, I'm with you. I want to spend some time on Danielson too. Uh, Sting, Darby Allen, Tetsu Naito defeat Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Minoru Suzuki. Really Dude,
1: Naito being in this match, it made it feel like a bigger deal. I feel it did. like I'm, it really did. You know, and Naito I, needed to be on this show. Let's be real, but because he wasn't last year, he was he, notoriously absent from Forbidden Door last both year. Both Naito
0: right? and Hiromu. we had we had the lack of fucking Lij. You felt it. Oh, yeah. um, So
1: having them, it felt like they were here this time, you know, especially after the after some of the stuff they've been doing recently. They've been all over. I mean, Lij has been one of the biggest acts in New Japan recently. So,
0: yeah. And so uh, Naito, well put, actually, with uh, him being in, it made it feel like a bigger deal. Sting took a pretty rough bump. Uh, I believe it was from Sammy Guevara right to the back of the head
1: um yeah they were going for like a cutter or something i think sammy maybe like over extended or something. or sting was a little too low like i don't i just didn't work you know what i mean but it you know hopefully sting's okay
0: hopefully he's okay he took an insane bump at the end through a table uh i thought i think he was supposed to roll bro um minoru and darby allen was fun when they got together chris and sting delivered um i believe it was naito And Jericho, they had some really fun stuff together. And, yeah, again, uh, our four pillars, they kind of got in your your big, fancy, you know, high-flying, fun-diggity stuff, if you will. Um, This match with 15 minutes. I don't know if we needed that much of a cool-down. I want to tell you this. I think some of these matches got a little bit extra time because of the cancellation of the Adam Cole match which we still don't know that that would make a lot of sense. Why didn't you just
1: give it to the women then? Fuck it. You know what I mean? Maybe they maybe they did give him a couple extra. I don't know. That's possible actually. It might have even been like literally sub 10 before. So that's yeah. true.
0: Um cuz this this went like longer than the CM Punk and Kojima match. <laughs> like, that's kind of unbelievable. <laughs> you know? But I thought this match was perfectly fine. I mean, it was put in the worst spot you could probably ever put a match. Right? I mean, that's not even trying to be funny.
1: Literally sandwiched between two of the best matches of the year. Like,
0: it genuinely was sandwiched between, you know, four of the goats. And it's... Uh, <laughs> you know, they did what they could, right? And... Uh, not not just
1: four of the goats. Four of the... Probably the top four wrestlers in the world right now. Let's be real.
0: I mean, I, I'd almost go as far as to say, I think Danielson's the best wrestler to ever come out of America. And...
1: No, he's definitely... I think he's... Uh, I think he might be the, just the greatest wrestler of all time, straight up. I think yeah. I think that argument has been made, and I think it's been strengthened by this last couple of years in AEW.
0: How happy is he to be back? All right, it's time to jump into this match. It's time. Uh, let me get to finish of that one. Actually, starting
1: off, I gotta I gotta jump right in here, bro. Fucking final countdown comes <laughs> on. I'm literally in tears, bro. I've been I've been calling this, calling yeah. for this since Brian Danielson came to AEW. Yep. I mean probably back on episode one of the podcast i guarantee i said something probably not but i not long after like brian danielson might have been the pretty much one thing that made me really interested in AEW. obviously cm punk was a big draw but i didn't know how he was going to be after seven years there was part of me that was like there's no way he could ever be as good right boy was i wrong about that but you know like um i think outside of him brian danielson
0: uh i I meant to harp on this a little more earlier i think outside of the mjf match this this match tonight best singles match he's had since he's been back outside of him I,
1: I think that's fair i think i think you'd have to really think about whether you like i, I don't know I, I don't have a good answer like right now if i like this better than i like
0: because i like this more than the uh, MJF versus matches. danielson 100
1: because there's something about danielson going 60 minutes again for the first time in years that's really special so i think you might even have to have him like 1a 1b right now for his best matches in AEW. Yeah. like it might just not be that much distance between them and that maybe you could also make the argument that there's just a specialty about danielson versus okada cuz it's never happened before and no one probably ever thought it was going to happen you know like just absurd and that's we haven't even started talking about the actual match yet and that's how much this it was but yeah i literally i'm i'm not fucking uh, uh un un i don't feel any type of way about the fact that i had fucking cried tears of joy when brian danielson came down to the final countdown dude i just it didn't feel real <laughs> like, Do, rest, i still can't yeah. believe it like it was part of me that's like did we even watch that didn't that did, like they just canceled the end of the show and like, we didn't actually get the match and we just imagined it like
0: wrestling I, is I, one of those things where it can be a romance it can be emotional you name it and that seeing that and seeing his happiness you know how he just how glad is he that he's in AEW and that AEW even exists for this opportunity and he's main eventing the show against Okada, who my god, these people went fucking nuts for. I mean, uh, we really haven't mentioned the crowd, but guys, if you were in that crowd, fucking give yourself a little pat on the back. Seriously, you were absolutely incredible. And they, I, I, I am so excited for Canada going forward. I mean, even Collision last night, this was double the crowd from the same arena, and that crowd kicked ass too. So, um. You know, Excalibur, he said, when you say dream match, you're setting on realistic expectations. But fucking A, it's safe to say that this delivered, right? This fucking delivered. Oh, I mean, 100%. The, the um, crowd did not see this finish coming a mile away. And no. the commentary did a great. They did a fucking world beater job explaining that if Okada didn't tap from this, like this is the technical wizard Daniel or fucking Brian Danison we're talking about here. If he did, if, if Okada doesn't tap from this, he risks long-term injury. He could be out of the G1. So we had to live to fight another day. He had to tap here.
1: No, we had plenty of people do this during super juniors too. It's Japanese wrestling. It's not, you're not considered a bitch for taking a, you know, an L in a situation. And if it's going to save you hear from an potentially fucking... not getting something else down the road, you know, yeah. like
0: you want to hear a ridiculous stat. It'd be like if Okada stat? had
1: a title match coming up, it'd be similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like
0: you want to hear a ridiculous stat about Okada tapping out. Since he's returned from excursion in 2012, yeah, he's tapped out one one other time. That is Shinsuke Nakamura. What a massive in the sign of respect to Brian Danielson. Yep. So, who was he tapped out by? Shinsuke then? Shinsuke Nakamura in the 2015 G1.
1: So Shinsuke and Brian are the only two he's ever tapped out. There tap were some people that were wondering if excursion. he'd ever
0: tapped out his career. I
1: that's crazy what,
0: a what another like wild element i didn't even realize that i'm gonna be honest i didn't
1: no i i, I would have thought he would have tapped out at, it would have been some buzz saw that came through at some point but he's you know what though that makes sense there's never been a time when okada wasn't on top of new japan so if he had been tapping out regularly yeah. i don't think he would have been you know like, he
0: walked in and won the title pretty much i mean that's what that that's what we think might happen with Yu you like he walked in, he might walk in and win the title he might be a top 100% I mean
1: Sonata won a fucking tournament walked in won the title it's very common in New Japan right now you know
0: what I mean it is seriously something really cool um so let's uh let's let's get into this right now all right the final countdown hits it's Okada's the money's raining in they ring the bell holy shit chance uh early on we try to go for the uh and by the way, jump in anytime. Uh Early on, 100%. early on, we're going for the test of strength. Um, Danielson ends up trying a Romero special, but he stomps on the knees instead. We go outside. Okada hits the big boot, sends Danielson into the crowd. Danielson anticipates the draping DDT, and he ends up posting Okada. Danielson hit a running dropkick through the ropes, follows up a diving knee off the apron. He zoned in on the right shoulder, then opted in for some chops. Uh, this wakes Okada up. Um, he no-sold leading to a huge flapjack. Oh, my God. I just got a notification on my phone. Danielson was hurt 10 minutes into this match.
1: No fucking way.
0: Fractured arm. 10 minutes into the match.
1: Well, he did look like he had a bum he arm a Fractured the match, forearm. so. Uh,
0: six to, I just got the notification from Sean Ross Sapp. Fractured forearm, six to eight week recovery.
1: Damn. Oh, my God. I mean, hey, that's, that, it could be much worse, Yeah, it though, could so.
0: be. Oh, holy, holy dude. This that even this match even more that makes this
1: match even crazier because who knows what it could have been like if he didn't break his fucking. In case arm. I forget you this fucking mean?
0: at the end, Kevin Kelly had a line where he said Danielson's right arm is like a passenger; he can't even use it. Dude, I I almost popped out of my chair. I was like, you gotta make this guy's a fucking his one-liner. Sometimes they seriously sting. I'm like, dude, this fucking guy who's who <laughs> the right arm is a passenger. Fucking ridiculous i mean
1: this match just had like electric energy I, the wrestling was smooth like we mentioned about trent earlier but it was even smoother because it's these two mm. and brian danielson made me feel something from pro wrestling again charlie it's been years since i really felt anything from pro wrestling i think the last time that i really felt something was during mjf or cm punk and really even then it was mostly because i was so caught up in the cm punk fever at the time you know yeah, um I, and uh It's absurd counter wrestling throughout this whole thing. Oh, my God. Okada eating Brian's kicks and chops just for lunch, man. Just eating them up.
0: He did the yes chant with one hand. (gasps) This is the first time he did it. The
1: yes. It's literally the first time he's done it since he's been in AEW. He thought about it when he was doing his first entrance. And he's like, you know what? This is a different thing. I'm not going to do it. It felt right here because he came out to final countdown. This is like all of the versions of Brian Danielson coming together and converging on this one moment to be- to become the greatest wrestler of all time, you know.
0: Okada's drop kicks. Oh my god. He would the way he timed these things and the way that they were executed, it would always halt Danielson's momentum. Every single time. It it's literally like a work of art, his fucking just his timing and everything that he does with wrestling. Um, So let's get to those yes kicks. So he's, he's hitting the yes kicks on the stage and then pretty much Okada caught the home run shot and he hits the tombstone on the ramp. He brings Danielson back to the ring. Okada hit the top rope elbow, did the Rainmaker pose and Danielson's just dead weight at this point. Bryce called the doctor into the ring. Danielson's convulsing. At this point, even I'm starting to get worked a little. I'm like, Jesus, did that actually like hit his neck? I mean, is he okay? Doctor kind of leaves. Okada's like, Nah, fuck this. I'm finishing the match, motherfucker. This is uh, you're talking to the guy that beats the shit out of anyone if they slap me across the back of the head. Go ask that kid from fucking Noah what happens. Hey, he's dead. Anderson's playing possum. He hits the Busaiko knee into the double down. He flipped. A- Okada found him in an alley and murdered him. <laughs> he flipped out of a German suplex. Hit another Busaiko knee. Kicks Okada's head in. He can only do it with one hand, though. Knowing what we know now, it's like, holy shit, even more. He's trying to apply the Labell lock with one arm. That's when Kevin Kelly. I know he was actually
1: using his arm that was broken <laughs> to apply the Labell lock. Gets with that- and how good is Brian Danielson that he was able to pivot to that, like, arm, like, the triangling of the arms with his feet to be able to make a submission that they could work to a finish. And to be able to call it on the fly, and Okada to know. I mean, Okada's nose, and I'm sure if, if you can communicate small words in, to Japanese wrestlers, even if they don't fully see, I'm sure Okada speaks enough English. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the moment, be able to pivot like that, in the middle of the match like that, and still come <laughs> out on top in a way that I thought, to me, just was a great finish that was planned, but it was because his arm was broken.
0: <laughs> so that LaBelle lock, he just can't get it to click. So he, he goes for the head kick. And then that's when he ends up doing the yes chance. But he runs into another Okada drop kick, a landslide, and the Rainmaker for a fucking close two. They're both ducking finisher attempts. Uh Danielson get the label lock applied, despite literally only having one arm. Um that's when the passenger line is hit. A 60% label lock is better than nothing. Another great line out of there. Um Danielson used his legs to end up wrapping Okada and okada had no choice but to tap the crowd was stunned and like we said his second time tapping since returning from excursion um i i just wow forbidden door delivered and you know i definitely pay-per-view of the year right now it's got my fucking some of the matches of the year some of my favorite moments you know i was thinking about this the other day and we'll talk about it tomorrow but I think oh, my yeah. favorite moment this year it's it's now the what's been happening with Anthony Bowens and how awesome that was on Rampage and I just I cannot believe I just I can't believe we're sitting we're you know we just watched 5 hours of wrestling and now we're sitting here talking about it for another hour and I'm just still so excited and and so
1: Bro, I could watch another five hours of Forbidden yeah. Door if we had more matches. I'm
0: looking for does this. I'm just sitting here looking so forward to AW's future and even New Japan's future because we've talked about it. The G1 starts off in three weeks. I mean, we're gonna be covering that weekly oh, yeah, here we, too. So it's like,
1: maybe people that
0: come out of this pay per view with something to prove. Just give me some. Give me some closing feelings. Some other thoughts that you're just. What's what's run? Let's <clears> let <throat> me pick your brain right now. What's what's going on in there? How happy are you that Wardlow wasn't on this?
1: Brian uh static um i'm oh, sorry sorry um no i mean look we you know you look at forbidden door from last year and it could never have been as good as they wanted it to be last year because too many injuries happened somehow charlie only one match got canceled this year and it was one we would have wanted i mean not everyone loves filthy tom lawler but i haven't thinking I've been, i think him and adam cole could have made something work you know what i mean yeah um I think they would have had a good match, especially on Forbidden Door. I think the atmosphere is just enough on Forbidden Door to get some people that aren't necessarily like the best in the world to at least act like they are, you know, like, um, and you compare it to this year's card and we got pretty much everything that we wanted, you know? Um, and we also got a women's match. Well, really two women's matches on this, you know, uh, we had the Owen Hart match on the pre-show and then we had the world title match for the AW women's world title on the main show. So it's it really is looking really good for AEW going forward and New Japan both. I'm really excited to see how the G1 plays out with some of these people, like I said, that got beat on the show just straight up, you know? And Okada is, I think, going to be one of the ones that comes out of this match just pissed, you know, because he got beat by a guy that he does consider to be an equal or maybe even someone now he might consider to be better than him because he was beaten by him, you know? But... um he's going to have to prove that he's still the top guy in Japan when he goes back now. And there's also a lot of things that are going to spin out into AEW. Like we talked about the fallout from the elite match. Like we probably are getting an Eddie versus Claudio match again. We're probably getting another Eddie versus John match. There's so many things to look forward coming out of this pay-per-view. And uh, Charlie, I'm just, I'm glad, honestly, that we have more wrestling to talk about tomorrow because I, after coming off the show, if I didn't have anything to, 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 like either a go and watch here in a bit once you know once once we we log off or I mean yeah we um, we also
0: had a two and a half hour fucking Ring of Honor this week I mean seriously I, I just
1: that Ring of Honor was actually it really was, good too it was.
0: and you know uh, Kingston and Mox man do you, do you think we run that at all in Oh I, I hope I maybe I'm not sure about all in we're gonna run it Kingston's some gonna point. be away he's gonna be gone for the G one. So I don't think we're getting that singles match before that. Yeah, I think I think if if he if he
1: comes back specifically right before that pay per view, maybe. But like if they, if they're not, you know, if they're gonna have him come back sooner or later, then I don't know. It just depends um, how long after his uh, G one stint they bring him back. You know what I mean? I mean, you'd think it'd be almost immediately, yeah. but then he was also, you know, his hernia his surgery we heard about a little while ago, and he didn't come back right away. So you know, um, at least he wasn't planned to, and then he had to show up on that one episode of Ring of Honor or whatever. But you know. Um, but that was that was because I think it was an injury or something, right? There was something yeah. someone else was supposed to be in that spot, and he just had to take it because they just, they didn't have a choice. Um, but yeah, no, I I think yeah, I I, I would we're getting it at some definitely, point though. They definitely. did too much teasing of it in this match, so now um,
0: we're sitting here with our next big show on the horizon outside of blood and guts, dude. It's fucking all in. Does can you believe that's our next? We're here. It's time. Forbidden Door is now in the rearview mirror. All in is up next, the biggest show in the history of AEW.
1: How many, like, eighty thousand fucking tickets sold, or some stupid it, that's, shit? Like,
0: that's the goal. I think right now we're sitting at like a fucking stiff sixty six, and that's just—I mean, that. Yeah, but you want to talk know, about sure topping fucking that? That like doubles the highest attendance AEW's ever had and it's just...
1: It's also, like, one of the third or fourth biggest wrestling shows of all time already, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's so
0: fucking ridiculous. It's
1: something like that, or I don't have the exact statistic, but I do remember somebody saying that. It's like, at sixty thousand tickets, it's already outdone most of WWE's big shows in the last. Didn't it outdo Clash of the Castle? Like, yep. I mean, yep. by a decent amount. All now. of WWE's massive shows that they've done. I think it, is that is that more? Are they, are they getting close to WrestleMania? Like, I don't even know. Like,
0: I remember seeing something uh, like eighty four or eighty two. Something maybe seventy eight. I don't know. Uh,
1: I would like it to be over 70 because it would feel like 66 would be awesome because that's still going to be a huge full crowd. You know what I mean? And I can make the the set look in a way that it'll look like it's full, full. You know what I mean? It's going to be unreal. But but, uh, it's going to be wild seeing AEW in front of that many fans.
0: My God. And especially when you get crowds that care as much as tonight. And again, shout out to the crowd tonight. You guys were awesome. And yeah, so we'll catch you guys Normally I say next uh this time next week but no uh
1: literally tomorrow.
0: Heat sleep <laughs> will be up tomorrow and we're going to be talking all about fucking collision, dynamite, you name it. Jay White getting the fucking victory over CM Punk. That's fucking huge. Like I know technically, you know, uh Ricky Starks took the pin but it doesn't matter. Jay White I I he he wasn't on the show tonight so that's why I, I did want to mention him tonight. Um it's just, I really think because he's been, yeah, I'm sure he sees the shits that some people say at him. Like, D- you really went there? W- what are you even doing over there? Well, he's main event and collision back-to-back fucking weekends. He's getting multiple main events in AEW, singles match victories, you name it, and I just, God, he looks like a million bucks, and who knows, who knows what the future holds uh, for him? If J.Y. went
1: to WWE, his career would be in the toilet by now. I'm just going to tell everybody. Yeah, I... I he would have done well, but what they would have immediately done would have been a mistake. They would have put him against Cody, like, almost immediately and had him lose.
0: It would have been... Yeah, it would have... Who knows? But I'm just... I'm very proud of the guy, and I'm a little sad he couldn't be on tonight. And, you know, we'll see what the future holds for Forbidden Door 3. Who knows what we uh, what we got looking out then. But, uh thank you. If this is your first time checking us out, guys, thank you very much for hanging around. If you're interested in all, you can hit the subscribe button on your podcast feeds. We appreciate it. Uh, We have a Twitter where we got like fucking 75 followers today by participating in some of those uh, AEW trends that were going on. And uh, I want to thank you guys. Maybe you're checking the show out from Twitter. So thank you for checking the show out and hanging out with us. So uh, we always follow back on the Twitter, trying to build like a nice little fun AEW wrestling community. So thanks again. And we'll see you guys tomorrow for (laughs) Eat Sleep Elite.